We talk about in the military, message sent, not message received. Sometimes what I heard is not the message that was intended. And that reflective listening gives the person the opportunity to say, no, that's not what I meant. You didn't understand it. When you're trying this new skill of reflective listening, it might not be as flowing as you'd like it to be, but ultimately that's going to be very beneficial to you and your marriage. So give that a try. You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Harvey. Hey, well, welcome to Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. We're excited for you guys listening to us. We've got a really cool topic uh, this time going around. This is a topic that we deal with a lot. Um, If you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for checking us out. We really appreciate you um, listening to us and really Our whole goal, the purpose for us doing this is we think marriages should thrive, not just survive. And we want to give resources and tools to help you have a thriving marriage, not just surviving it. Something that we've been helping couples with lately is we have been talking to folks who have been in significantly crisis situations. And if that's you, um, that's something where we can either help you or point you in the right direction of somebody else who can help you. But what we've encountered lately is couples who are are splitting for various reasons, and we're trying to see what we can do to bridge that gap and get them to reconcile and come back uh, together. And a lot of that is the issue of communication. And we kind of chuckle at that overused line from the classic movie, uh, Cool Hand Luke, what we have here is a failure to communicate. My Guns N' Roses fans know that that was, uh, that was a quote that the band used at the beginning of their song, Civil War. That is just so much the issue that marriages have these days. And Brian and I even, you know, we'll have people tell us, hey, you know, you're you're a lawyer, you're in ministry, you're in the Air Force, you guys are professional communicators, and even we make mistakes in this sometimes. Communication is so tricky, you know, and even like around the house talking, it's funny because doing this podcast, we're trying to learn how to do podcasts, and it's different, and we've been working really hard on not interrupting each other. And then it's like, oh, wait, well, wait a minute. I want to say something. We're trying to have an interesting podcast. And we're the advice, our producer and everything's like, okay, it's okay to step in and add things. But then it goes completely contrary to the skills we've been trying to develop in our own marriage about not interrupting and not doing that. Um, but even here, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't want to interrupt you because that's rude. But here we go. And which is kind of funny because if you were in the studio with us, you see Jen, she sometimes gets this deer in the headlights look. It's like, should I say something? Should I not? And she kind of leans forward in her chair and I do the same thing. Uh, We're just trying to figure this out. And what's really interesting about communication is it's often a big issue in marriage, but it's usually not the issue that people come to us to talk about. There's usually another issue. The most common cited things for divorce are sex and money. Those are the two things that people tend to have the most arguments, most fights about tending to lead to divorce. But when we sit down with couples or people who individuals coming to us for coaching, really what we find is it's not the money or the sex or parenting or anything that those are the core issues. But the problem is they're not talking about them. So it was an issue. It's been an issue for the past 10 years. They never talked about it. And we talk about 
in the forward to our to the book, we talk about catch the little foxes from the second chapter of the Song of Solomon. And these are little foxes that have become huge because they didn't talk about them. And they're a lot harder to pick up and root out when they're big, full-grown foxes as opposed to their little ones. So you can still overcome that. And I want to encourage you, if you're struggling in your marriage right now, those, those big foxes can still be captured and kicked out. And we want to help you out with that kind of pest control here today. So when we are talking about communication, this is going to be the first in a two-part series. And the big thing we're going to be talking about is a skill that everyone in America, and I think everybody in the world in our social media days, really needs, which is the topic of listening and listening well. My grandmother, Mama D, used to always tell us that God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. We should be listening twice as much as we talk. And many of you have heard that before. You've got a Mama D in your life. But yeah, Hashtag Mama D memes. <laughs> there we go. Mama D would love that. Listening is so important to life, and it's such a skill, but it's hard to accomplish. One of the things that we found this quote by David Augsburger, he wrote this book, Caring Enough to Hear and Be Heard. One of the things he said in his book that really meant a lot to us is, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. It's Profound. Like, it really is. And we've had that issue where we've been trying to talk about things and it's not so much that there's a problem to solve. As a matter of fact, when I jump in to try to solve the problem that I'm actually communicating less love because what you needed from me was to be heard. That was what was going to communicate love, not me caring enough about the problem to have a solution. And a lot of it too, I feel, is that the listening... It's I care enough to hear you and to validate what you're going through and what's going on because you might completely disagree with me and think that I'm wrong, but you taking the time to just hear me out and understand where I'm coming from, that's just huge to building into a marriage. It's a humanizing action. You're treating the person as a human rather than an object, rather than a problem to solve or a situation that needs to be resolved. It's like, no, this is a human being and you have value to me simply as a human being and you're worth my time and attention. And sometimes I'll even say, I know that this is something that is huge that I'm having these big emotions about and I shouldn't, or I know that I'm in the wrong, but just being heard and having you listen to me is just huge in that. And then also um, for the extroverts out there, it's important to listen to the introverts because sometimes we talked about this um, when I was deployed, where you had everything going on, the trope about everything breaking when someone's deployed, that's totally true. Our basement was totally torn up because of plumbing, and you were dealing with all of that. And thankfully, our house became this physical-looking war zone because part of the basement was torn up to the extent it looked like things were 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 blown up, and you were safe. So we were <laughs> grateful of that. We take empathy to an entirely new level, but we talked about this later where you were needed me to listen so much that I needed you to listen. Yes. And there was, we had to wrestle with that because I needed to be heard, but you had so much going on. 
it didn't occur to you that I needed to be heard too. And sometimes that's something about speaking up about what your needs are as well, because as spouses, we need to be serving each other, but sometimes we just don't know how to do it. So whether you're introvert, extrovert, make sure that you're talking to your spouse about what your needs are. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer talked about this in uh, his book, Life Together. And his quote is, The first service that one owes to others in the fellowship consists of listening to them. Just as love to God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for the brethren is learning to listen to them. And we do need to learn to listen better to ourselves. So yeah, the most significant barrier to listening, of course, is sin. Mm -hmm. Um, Sin is selfishness. That's, That's what you hear time and time again here. And so we to learn to listen better, we need to just be more humble. We just need to, I love C.S. Lewis's definition of humility. It's not thinking less of yourself, but thinking about yourself less. Mm-hmm. And when we think more about our spouse, then we are prepared to listen. And we're going to get into some things that we've learned over the years about skills to listen better. And some of these you've probably heard Hopefully, some of these are new ideas to you to figure out, okay, hey, here's what it means to listen better, and here's the skills to develop. And these are things that you can practice today. You know, when you get home, when you turn off this podcast and sit down together, you can practice these skills immediately, and it will improve your communication. And what we want you to remember out of all of this is as a listener, we want you to listen in a way your spouse wants to talk to you. If you can listen in such a way that they want to share with you, they're going to share more with you and you're going to have better communication. And so the first skill is just address the distractions. Mm -hmm. And there can be a lot of distractions, kids, cell phones, thinking about work, thinking about what you need to do the next day, chores, things that need to be done, errands that need to be run. Yeah. Anytime we go out to a restaurant and Jen and I... Jen wants to talk to me about something. We need to make sure that it's a restaurant without TVs or I'm sitting with my back to the television because I'm one of those guys, ooh, moving pictures, and my brain and ears shut off. And all of a sudden, I don't even like the show that's on the television, but I am engaged with that instead of with Jen. And it's just the moving pictures just take me away. So got to eliminate those distractions, whatever those may be for you. And in addition to dealing with the distractions, you got to listen with your whole body. You're not able to really multitask. And we've talked more about that myth of multitasking. The brain just doesn't work that way. So everyone's like, oh, I'm a great multitasker. If you're familiar with um, computers and stuff, um, there are things that can run in parallel and things that can run in series. And in a computer, a processor that can run things in parallel, that means two things are happening at the same time for us non IT people. Series, things start and stop, and it's all going in the direction. Our brains don't work in parallel. Our brains only work in series. So you're not good at multitasking, doing more than one thing at the same time. What you're good at is flipping back and forth between different tasks. However, research shows that you can lose up to 70% of your brain power when you keep going back and forth between tasks. Meaning, if you're trying to do one thing, cook dinner, and listen to your spouse, neither of those is getting the attention they need. So your spouse is not being treated as the human they deserve to be, or you're burning dinner, one or the other. But your brain can't do, That's right. can't do both at the same time. 
And we've talked about this too, where if you're going to have an important conversation, and, and again, not to say that you can't be cooking and listening and having a conversation with your spouse, because I think that's a healthy, fun thing to be doing. But when it's a more serious topic or something that's really important, like a decision that you'd have to make together, you want to sit and face the person that you're speaking to, look them in the eye. And we laugh about this one, but it's put down anything in your hands. My yep. husband is a master fidgeter. Guilty. That I'm telling you, that uh, fidget spinner, that, that was yes. a thing some years ago. I know you would have loved that. Give this guy a Rubik's Cube, give him a pen, he'll disassemble it and put it back together in the same conversation. And I just can't. Oh, my goodness. Jen doesn't understand it. If there's something in front of me, I have to pick it up and feel it and look at it and touch it. When we first started dating, there was a pen on a coffee table. And Don't I picked it. it up and I set it down and I picked it up. And she finally is like, what are you doing? I'm looking at the pen. Right. It, we're going to we're going to get thrown out of a museum or something. Just not yet. Not yet. That's good. And another thing for listening effectively, we want to make sure that you're listening to the whole message. You're, you're not just listening to the beginning and zoning out. You have to pay attention all the way to the end. You want to make sure that you're not interrupting. What was that? Oh, come on now. <laughs> so <laughs> you're paying attention to the end, my friend, and you're not interrupting. You're disciplining yourself and you're focusing on the words of the other person and, and not just what your thoughts are. And isn't that huge? Aren't we a lot of times someone's talking and then we're kind of putting together our counterpoint or putting together our response or what we want to say instead of listening to what they're saying. And they may have this, the same attitude and the same end that we'd be coming to, but they're getting there in a different way. So you got to just make sure that you're you're listening so that you're understanding exactly where they're coming from. And for that skill, it really requires humility and trust. It requires humility. What you're thinking about, your response is not more important than the rest of the message that they're sharing. Or it shouldn't be, right? And, Don't treat it as such because it isn't. And trust them that they're going to give you time to talk. Mm -hmm. And if you're finding you've got someone who is a monologuer, then that's a conversation you need to have. It's like, hey, I love you. I want to hear from you and I want to hear everything you have to say, but I'm not feeling loved by you because I'm not feeling heard. And so that's a big piece. So if you are feeling like you don't trust them enough, first of all, why is that? And just address your pride and humble yourself to be a servant to your spouse, but then also trust them enough to give you the time that you need to share your message. And we talk about the monologuer. That's my newer word. Brian and I met doing theater, if, if you know us. It's something where if somebody is in acting and they're on stage and they have a big chunk of text, that's called a, a monologue. I am guilty of being a monologuer, but I've even seen Brian as an introvert monologue too. So I think we all need to pay attention to that kind of thing. Um, and also I, I have a tendency to repeat myself frequently. So guilty of that too. Gotta, gotta make sure I'm really focusing that message in. And also we need to make sure that we're paying attention to the entire message. It's not just the words. And what I mean by that is it, it talks about your tone, your inflection. What is your body language as to those things? Pay attention to that. And also a skill that will make a huge difference, probably other than the skill we're going to talk about last, this skill is probably going to make the most difference, reflective listening. 
And mm-hmm. you may or may not have heard about this skill before, but what it is is just taking the time to summarize what the person heard. So for instance, listening to Jen when she was talking about pay attention to the whole message, saying something like, so what I heard you say is that how the words sound coming out of my mouth and what my body's doing affect the message that you're receiving. And that would be a reflective message, reflective listening saying, okay, this is what I heard. Is that accurate? And sometimes it's not. Um, we talk about in the military, message sent, not message received. Sometimes what I heard is not the message that was intended. And that reflective listening gives the person the opportunity to say, no, that's not what I meant. You didn't understand it. And that's a huge um, boon to improving communication in your marriage. And with reflective listening, too, it's not something that's awkward or dorky or artificial. When you're trying this new skill of reflective listening, it might not be as flowing as you'd like it to be, but ultimately that's going to be very beneficial to you and your marriage. So give that a try. Give each other the abilities to try to fail and to improve on that. And this is something that's going to improve the communication in your marriage and in turn improve your marriage. Don't be afraid to be awkward. This is It's new skills. Anything you learn at the beginning, you're not great at. And like watching my son play baseball, the first time he swung the bat versus how he swings the bat now and then how he will swing the bat in the future, they're going to be different. It's a little awkward and weird and off balance. And it's okay to be that way about communication in your marriage as well. But you get better at it. And maybe awkward is my superpower. Maybe awkward is my (laughs) skill, right? And the last skill we want to talk about is listen to be changed. Don't Mm -hmm. listen just to understand, but listen in a way that the words you hear and the message you receive is you're open enough to that for you to be changed, to become the person, the spouse that God intends you to be. We talk about all the time on this podcast that marriage is intended for holiness, to help you become more holy, to become more godly. Your spouse is a gift from God that sees you and is able to communicate things to you that you don't see of yourself. And if you want to develop and have that thriving marriage, you need to be ready to hear in a way that's going to change you to be that spouse that is going to be a thriving spouse building a thriving marriage. And the whole listen to be changed, it's not necessarily that you're going to change your mind, your spouse is going to change your spouse's their own mind. It's something where you need to to listen in such a way that you're saying what my spouse is saying to me is going to impact me and it's going to grow, cause us to grow closer together. So in conclusion, as we wrap up today, these are some of your key takeaways, which is listen in a way that your spouse wants to talk to you. And I say it again, listen in a way your spouse wants to talk to you and join us in a couple of weeks so that you can learn more about speaking in a way that your spouse wants to listen to you. We really appreciate you guys listening to us today. Truly believe these skills will help your communication and your thriving marriage. And if you enjoyed this, please take some time to click that like button or give us a rating on whatever podcast service you're using. That'll be huge for us. That that helps us. And tell your friends about it. Share that link with them. And leave us a review. And we look forward to hearing from you and hearing what you have to say about the Operation Thriving Marriage podcast. Thank you so much. And you'll hear from us again in a couple of weeks.
We wrote the book Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples build thriving marriages. We also want to be able to help you through our coaching ministry. You can reach us and book your coaching session at OperationThrivingMarriage.com. And pastors and churches, we're happy to serve you and the couples in your churches. We're happy to come out and meet you in person. And we offer conferences, retreats, seminars, and classes. Visit us at OperationThrivingMarriage.com to learn more.